This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. The real estate market in Vancouver continues to pick up steam despite yet another rate hike earlier this month. But is it going to last? I'm Martin Strong, and in a moment on Vancouver Consumer, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. We'll get his take on things. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news from the past few weeks. They call it the grandparent scam. And Mounties in Metro Vancouver has have issued a warning that the scammers are getting more sophisticated and it's becoming more common. Richmond RCMP say the scam in which crooks try to convince seniors that a loved one is in trouble and needs money has been around for years. But recently, they say the scammers have started using artificial intelligence and digital manipulation to alter the voice in the phone call in order to sound more authentic. And in some cases, they can make it look as if the telephone call The cell phone call is coming from that person. You actually see their name on the phone. The Mounties are urging people never to provide their personal banking or credit information over the phone. Are you seeing a lot of ads for the prescription drug Ozempic? They're becoming more and more common in Canada at sports events and on public transit. And now some are concerned about that. Ozempic is approved in Canada to treat type 2 diabetes. But a lot of celebrities and social media influencers are hyping it as a weight loss drug. Vancouver doctor Ehud Ur says the marketing saturation can drive people to pressure their doctors to provide Ozempic, not for diabetes, but so they can lose weight. But he says that's not what Ozempic is for. He says doctors need to weigh the benefits against the risks when prescribing it. The company that makes Ozempic, uh, Novo Nordisk, says its marketing campaign is only aimed at people with diabetes to help them get the treatment they need. New survey shows the gender pay gap. The amount that women earn on average compared to men narrowed somewhat last year, but that gap is still pretty hefty. The survey of 1,556 employed Canadians conducted for the payroll company ADP Canada says working women reported earning 21% less than male workers in 2022. Compare that to 24% less that women earned the year before in 2021. The average salary reported by men was $72,743, while women on average reported $57,725. The old Pacific Coliseum will soon be lighting up. The 55-year-old former home of the Canucks is now decked out in 108 panels of a fully programmable DMX exterior lighting system. This past Monday, the PE announced that from now on, the lighting display will be used to honor special events, Canadian cultural moments, charities, and special causes. Science World, City Hall, and BC Place already do the same. And last year, the PE got some funding under the federal government's 
major fairs and festivals grant program. So they put that toward a big $2.6 million LED lighting upgrade toward the entire PNE. It includes nine buildings, over 600,000 square feet. The first light up event was this past Wednesday for National Indigenous Peoples Day, and the Coliseum glowed orange. Of course. And this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate. Has this month's interest rate hike cooled things off or are we in for a hot summer real estate wise? We'll hear from John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong and we've had a couple of weeks now to digest the latest interest rate hike by the Bank of Canada. And uh, a lot of people are asking, how is this going to affect the Vancouver real estate market? We can wait for the end of the month stats, but by the time we get those, those are old statistics. It's kind of like looking backwards and we want to know what's going on right now. And that's why we have our guy in the trenches of the Vancouver real estate market and uh, working in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. He's our friend, John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y smartpoint.com. And he's with us now. Hi, John, how are you doing? Hello, Martin. I'm doing fantastic. Great to be back here. Yeah, in the summer, we're officially into the summer, and I'm looking forward to getting your take on uh, the market conditions now that, uh, as I say, we've had a couple of weeks to get the interest rates kind of digested, some interesting things going on. But first, I have someone on the line who uh, I think you're going to want to hear from, John. His name is Dean. Dean and his wife, Heather, just sold a house in Maple Ridge with the thanks with thanks to John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. And uh, Dean is with us now. Hi, Dean. Thanks for being here. Yeah, good to see Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And congratulations, you and your wife, Heather. You just sold a house yeah. in Maple Ridge with the help of John Carlson. Uh, it, it was an overall good experience for you, wasn't it? It was, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about John and his, you know, uh, the way he works. Um, he's, uh, he's a really professional realtor and I, I've made other uh, moves in the past and they've all been successful and good, but John's just over the top. Um, he, he says all the right things. <laughs> he listens well. Um, we can have a conversation, put our heads together and come to an agreement and, and he'll proceed. And it went very, very well. Oh, and we great. had multiple, multiple offers. And, uh, so yeah. 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 Well, let's talk, let's, would... let's talk about that. The multiple offers, because this is a house you've been in this house for, for quite a while, quite a few years. It, it, yeah. it has uh, like a half an acre. So this was a big deal to sell this house. And, uh, were you impressed that, uh, you got, uh, multiple offers on it? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Um, in fact, uh, we first put the house on the market last fall uh, with John, and then uh, we found that because the weather was so bad and so many people were coming through and it was getting close to Christmas, and uh, so I guess John picked up on the idea we were a little bit discouraged, and um, he he actually suggested we take it off the market and just enjoy our Christmas and put it back on in the spring. And so that's exactly what we did at that time. That was around December. And uh, come springtime, uh, you know, I was starting to think about, you know, putting the house on the market again. And I thought I'd have realtors. Well, I did have realtors hounding me to list with them. <laughs> but um, I didn't, you know, I just told them I've got a realtor. I don't need anybody. And John didn't call me at all. And I thought that was so cool because he doesn't hound. He doesn't pressure people. He's just very businesslike. And when I did call him and, and say, you know, should we put it? On the market, he just jumped right up and went to town on it. And, yeah, people yeah. were coming through. And and uh, so we had so many people coming through that we had to take these multiple offers and, you know, say we're going to accept them till next Friday or whatever the date was. And, um, yeah, we've had lots of offers and... Um, all of them had some kind of su- subject, but um, uh, the the one that bought the house, ideally, he had cash and no no subjects. So I went back to the other offers that we had, and um, so we had to give forty eight forty eight hours notice, but the guy couldn't remove the um, subject and right. his offer was a very good offer and so uh, we went back to the new offer and just said okay uh, we're happy with the upper offer we got and we accepted the um, offer with the um, clause and uh, he couldn't meet the meet the criteria for for taking the subject off. So we right. said to the other new newest offer um, that uh, if he gives us the same money, we'll accept your offer. We're, we'll <laughs> close the deal. So right. that's what we did. Yeah. So so it, it sounds like uh, things got a little bit complicated. How happy were you that you had such a skillful negotiator like John Carlson on your side to kind of navigate through all these offers and all the, the subjects and all that stuff? Exactly. Yeah, because m- me and my wife, our heads were kind of spinning. I couldn't keep track of who's coming at what time and everything. And John just did a superb job of, walking it through us walking us through it and um and making it all happen and especially when we were discussing which offer to how to weed out the people that were um that didn't get it and come to the conclusion that we've got the right guy to buy the house right 
And whenever yeah. I talk to a, a client of John's, uh, they often say, well, they didn't feel rushed. And clearly uh, you didn't yeah. feel rushed because he actually yeah. advised you to wait a while, which turned out to be yeah. great advice to, to kind of yeah. hold off before Christmas. Exactly. So, so I guess you're pretty happy about that, that you, you felt like he was on your side. He wasn't just out to oh, make a quick sale. Absolutely. Yeah. There was no pressure from him at all. It was very businesslike. And he, he asked a lot of questions from me and what I want to do. And he, he said, I'm just here to facilitate it. So just tell me what you want to do. And we put our heads together and, and then he did the job. So, right. uh, yeah. And I'd had, like I say, our other houses that we sold, we had pretty good realtors with, that, with those sales. But like I say, John's just over the top. And if I uh, had to move again, I wouldn't hesitate to use John. Right. And I, yeah. Yeah. And John is, of course, a 2% realtor charging a 2% commission. Uh, and right. do you feel you, you save some money because of that, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so all in all, a very satisfied customer. And, and this was a big deal because you're a retired mechanic. And I guess you, you guys are downsizing because this was a big property, right? It was like a half acre. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So what, what's next for you? Well, actually, we're going to follow our kids to Alberta. They, uh, they've decided that's where they want to go. So my son has already sold his property, and now I've got my property sold. And I think our daughter is going to move to Alberta as well. So, oh, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, you'll all be together. Well, congratulations to you uh, and your wife, Heather, and and your kids and uh, best of luck in this new chapter. It sounds great. You'll all be together in Alberta. And uh, what do you have to say to anybody listening who who's maybe in the same position as you? Maybe they're thinking of downsizing or maybe they want to buy something bigger uh, and they're looking for a realtor. What do you say to those people? Yeah, well, yeah, 100 percent. I can't say enough about John I thought you were going to ask me what would I recommend to uh for them to buy (laughs) (laughs) no we'll leave that up to them but but yeah yeah, exactly but you recommend John Carlson at as the realtor right you betcha yeah okay and you know he 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 seems to know he's been in the business so long he seems to know all the realtors too and he works with them and, you know, he had lots of realtors bringing people through. So he, he's, he's well connected in the realty business for sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us, Dean. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And congratulations to you and Heather. My pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. Another satisfied customer of John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. And uh, wow, John, that must make you feel great. Uh, and it's another example of how timing is crucial in real estate, eh? Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, thank you, Dean and Heather. Great clients to work for. You know, we've had a relationship now for a while and 
I will tell you, you're right, Martin. It, it feels really good to to get that win for my clients, really, uh, because when you, when you're looking at selling a home, it's often a process. You know, you start off somewhere and you have a goal, and 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 you know, and you're dealing with things. And, and you know, I want to say thank you, Dean and Heather, for just you know, Dean mentioned in that in that uh, you know comments there that he said we put our heads together. And you know, Martin, I thought that was really a good way of of putting it because when I work for a client. I go in there knowing that, you know, I've been invited in to to be a part of a team to get a result. And, you know, it's not my house, it's not my money, and they are not my decisions to make. So I need to be a part of that team, uh, you know, in terms of giving good advice and setting the table for a successful outcome and then managing, helping manage and, and you know, each step of the way in terms of offers coming in and advising. And, and I really do see it that way that, you know, putting our heads together is a great way to put it, Dean. I thank you for that, for that comment, because when it came right down to it, Martin, and, uh, and you're in a situation where, you know, you're looking at more than one offer on the table, this is the time, this is performance time, this is clutch time. Like you may, you may talk about, you know, certain athletes that come through in the clutch and all that sort of thing. And when real estate, it really is at that crucial time when you have willing and able buyers who are maybe competing with one another and want to, you know, put a scenario together for themselves. That's the time when a good team in terms of a good agent and the seller, both on the same page with the same goal, putting their heads together and coming up with some solutions and thoughts. And as Dean said, weeding through, uh, you know, the, the offers and coming up with the best possible solution. So Dean, I want to say thanks again. You and Heather are fantastic. I'm going to miss you when you go to Alberta, but I do feel good about the way this thing um, did wrap itself up. And another example of how things can get complicated too. Uh, John Carlson is our guest. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And of course, you know John as Johnny Smart Point. Uh, you can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. J-O-H-N-N-Y smartpoint com. You can also give John a call. 604-612-0080 is the phone number. And you can also send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, when we come back, we have lots to talk about, John, because uh, interest rates, uh, they went up a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I guess it's starting to filter down now. And I really want to get your take when we come back about the market in general, because uh, when we look at stats, they're often old stats and uh, you're in there every day and you're seeing what's going on. So when we come back, we're going to talk more with Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson about the market and get the market conditions. That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. And on Vancouver Consumer this afternoon, we're talking to our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's uh, two N's, J-O-H-N-N-Y, smartpoint.com. You can also send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And John, as we just heard from Dean, who uh, you helped sell a house in Maple Ridge, it was all about timing. And uh, I mean, that's what's interesting to me because we were talking about the, the fact that the statistics come out and they're generally for the previous month. 
and things are changing so quickly. We had the interest rate hike in the past two weeks. So I guess my question is, uh, where are we in this market? What do you see? What's the market update? You know, it, it the real estate market, and we've talked about this many times, Martin, is, is like a living organism. You know, there are people who participate in it, who have you know, all kinds of different um, goals and objectives and situations that they're dealing with. And within that, there's also the, you know, the big picture, you know, what is, what is consumer confidence like? What are interest rates like? Um, you know, what have we just gone through and what are we heading through? And you brought up a really good point that one of the, one of the things I find, uh, you know, right now is uh, meet people and they'll say, you know, I, I saw something advertised or read an article that was talking about the market just, you know, taking off for the summer and all these things. And, and I think back to myself and I think, you know, that was kind of true in the early part of May. Now, I don't want to overstate this, but early to mid-May, if you look at the May numbers, the June numbers aren't out yet, of course. Uh, soon they will be. Um, but the early part of May was quite excited. We found supply and demand, of course, being the ruling factors of real estate, that the demand picked up when the spring market you know, came, started flourishing. And, and I'm sorry, the demand picked up and the supply was rather limited. So we found certain segments of affordable homes, homes with rental incomes, townhomes that were affordable, these sorts of things in various areas where, you know, these are the meat of the market where the most potential buyers are looking. And there weren't that many listings. And sure enough, statistically, after months of, you know, downward trends in terms of pricing, we started to see three months or so of popping up in terms of pricing. Now, not huge jumps, but suddenly, wow, we were back into multiple offer situations on some things. Uh, and I even saw, you know, certain really good properties that, you know, had uh, many offers, more than 10 and that sort of thing. And we thought, wow, what's going on here? Suddenly people are a little bit surprised. The market's really popping and the market is still good. But I will say this, you uh, indicated that interest rates had gone up a couple of weeks ago. There's all kinds of speculation that that may happen again in July. And when you look at the recipe out there that, you know, the overall big picture of the market, we're seeing now that there's a little bit of a relaxation going on. I can't tell you how many, I mean, I could spend another hour here giving you anecdotal stories in recent times of, you know, other agents I'm talking to who maybe wrote offers subject to sale on one of my listings and they set Monday night as the big offer presentation and then, you know, wah, wah, fell a little bit flat and they didn't get what they wanted. Um, or that activity was just a little bit lower. So my take on that is that, you know, interest rates have popped up and that's a big key right now uh, in terms of, you know, what can buyers do and what are they comfortable doing in terms of putting offers and prices on contracts. Uh, so with that, I think what we're doing right now is we're kind of dealing with the, the earlier pre-approvals as they work through at, at the lower rates. And as the higher rates take effect more and more, I think we're going to see a market that becomes a little bit more challenging for sellers to, you know, to strike gold, so to speak. So not that it's not possible, but I think more than ever, you know, if you're a seller and it's important to you to maximize the sale price of your home and that's something you want to do within the next, say, three months, I think having really good representation and having an agent, as Dean said, who, you know, is willing to, to put heads together and come up with a good strategy and then execute that strategy, that's really, really important right now because the winds of change are in the market. Um, you know, all kinds of fundamentals seem to be to be changing out there and uh, really knowledge is power and to have that knowledge, uh, you know, is, is, is something that will prevent you maybe from making a mistake, but also give you the opportunity to maximize what is in the market. Right. And over the past couple of months, I've asked, are, are we in a sweet spot? Uh, and I guess we kind of were in a sweet spot, but looking forward to this fall and winter and next year, do you think uh, it could be potentially the summer, a good, a good time to sell in the summer of 2023? Yeah. <clears throat> 
you know, I think that's a that that's a reasonable position to take. I'm always very careful and cautious because, first of all, I recognize that you know the listeners or people that I sit down with in their homes are, you know, let me just be blunt. People, when it comes to a salesperson, people have their guard up a little bit, and 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 rightfully so, um, to be careful not to just have somebody come in and, you know pitch them a line and try to get them to sign a piece of paper. And that's something I'm always very conscious of. I don't ever want to sound like, you know, I'm pressuring people uh, or telling them, hey, act today, you know, may not be around tomorrow, that sort of thing. I, I don't I don't work that way. But I think there's a very reasonable, you know, uh, line of thought. And I again, I talk to a lot of other agents and people in the mortgage industry uh, high up in the, you know, in some of these lenders uh, institutions uh, that, that I'm familiar with. And I'm always trying to keep my ear to the ground what's going on. And there is... I think, again, a reasonable line of thought that says interest rates have gone up uh, and the full effect of those interest rate increases so far have not really worked their way through the market. There is, you know, effect still to be had. And then there's this discussion that it looks like rates may go up again. And that starts to put us up into interest rate categories that are that are not historically uh, high overburdening. But if you take a look at, you know, what were prices like the last time interest rates were in this kind of range? There's a big, big difference. So let's uh, let's also remember real estate in Greater Vancouver in the Fraser Valley is very robust, and uh, you don't want to underestimate the market because there's a strong, you know, underlying demand for properties in this area, and there's only so many properties to go around. But you know, the the result where we're at today in terms of pricing and activity is largely a result of what we've seen in the past, and what's coming may be a slowdown comparatively speaking to what we've seen. So I try not to predict the future. I try to give people accurate information about what I'm seeing on a day-to-day basis. And what I'm seeing today is that uh, it's not a cakewalk. Uh, Properties that are uh, exceptional in some way, um, that are hard to compete against, are are doing well. Uh, And you want to understand what your advantages are in the market so you can promote those advantages and take full advantage of that. But um, if I were to look forward and it's a fool's game to guess too much, I would say that the next three months are probably a pretty good time to think about putting your house on the market compared to what might be coming. But again, we're going to be on this program many more times this year, and we're going to discuss it each uh, every couple of weeks and give listeners the best possible information we can. John Carlson is our guest. Johnny Smart Point. Uh, you can find him online, Johnny Smart Point dot com and uh yeah it, it is interesting what's going on and we were just talking to dean who sold the house and one thing that came up with his sale he got multiple offers and uh all the subject to sale and all that stuff which sounds to me as a civilian a little bit complicated and how important is it that you have somebody who really understands uh, all this stuff when it comes to selling a house yeah. And, you know, it's funny, there's nothing new under the sun, really. I mean, I've been doing this since 1996. So um, the subject to sale offers are something that kind of went uh, extinct for a little while, almost when the market was red hot and, and now they're back. And, uh, you know, a subject to sale offer is is a proposal as much as anything. It says, hey, if if I can accomplish this with my own home, I'm prepared to go here with your home. But a seller in a subject to sale offer needs to be able to entertain other potential buyers that come along that may not need to sell. And so in Dean and Heather's case, you know, we ended up having a multiple situation and it turned out through the process that it seemed like the most likely buyer had a property that seemed like it would be a pretty quick sale and they had the best terms and dates that we liked. And so uh, we went with that with the provision that 
if another offer came, we could give notice to these buyers to say, hey, look, we're giving you 48 hours notice. If you don't remove all conditions and put down your deposit, we're moving on to the next guys. And so that was a strategy that we took and we used, you know, to some degree, the previous offer as leverage. And and quite frankly, their property showed so well, Martin, I can tell you, you, you don't see a cleaner, better, better looked after house, lawn, property, shop. I mean, I, I wish I could keep my home like this. Uh, Dean and Heather deserve all the credit in the world for having a property that was very, very attractive to the right people. And that played to their advantage. And all we did was, again, put our heads together, come up with a plan to take advantage of that. And, you know, the subject to sale in this case was part of it. And I'm going to suggest to listeners out there that the subject to sale offers are going to become a little bit more uh, common as this year goes on. Mm-hmm. We're talking to John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website, uh, you will find uh, a lot of new listings, a lot of listings. So uh, uh, it looks like uh, you're you're pretty busy these days. What's going on? Yeah, you know, and a lot of those listings actually are now sold. They just haven't published. In fact, I want to quit a quick put a quick shout out to Jonathan and Leah young family oh my goodness their new young daughter summer and their their boy theodore i want to congratulate them and thank them for working with me they've just recently sold their condo and they're off to newer and bigger and better things and i want to say hi to them and some of those are are now sold but i do want to put out a quick word uh, on a couple listings i've got a brand new listing just hit the market yesterday it's 134879 avenue and this is this is really a building lot. Now it has a three bedroom rancher on it built in the in the 50s. That's about 1,100 square feet, very livable home. But the nice thing about this property is if you look at the houses nearby, lots of newer, higher end homes. Um, and, and that's what's going to happen with this one. So if you're looking to build in this area of West Newton, this is a 60 foot frontage lot. It's about 100 and I don't know, 29 feet deep and it's private. There are no covenants. There are no restrictions restrictions on the lot it's a beautiful building lot uh the list price is 1,449,000. and then another one i want to put an ad out you know i've got a i've got a listing and i gotta say i'm scratching my head as to why it's still there uh we've had people say hey i'd love it i would buy it but we need to sell our house first and this one is the 5084 242nd drive and this is in langley and salmon river area it's an acreage, it's 2.78 acres. About three quarters of an acre of it are flat, usable property. The rest of it goes down a beautiful scenic uh, you know, ravine with a, with a creek and that sort of thing. So it's private, it's serene, but it's not the kind of acreage you're gonna fence off and put horses on or build a giant workshop. This one does have an oversized triple garage and a workshop and that sort of thing there already. But it's listed at 1,699,000. And if, if you're looking for a really nice home that's kept well in the area, take a look at that one. It's on my website as well. Right. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. J-O-H-N-N-Y SmartPoint.com. And if you've got a property and you're thinking about selling it, I mean, just uh, listen to Dean, uh, who we talked to earlier in the program. Um, he actually had the, the home up for sale before Christmas. And John advised Dean and Heather to, to uh, maybe take it off the market. And that worked out really well because they just sold it with multiple offers. So if you're interested in uh, selling a property, uh, give John a call. You can phone him at 604-612-0080. You can also email him at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Or just go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com. It's J-O-H-N-N-Y. Well, uh, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep talking uh, over the summer, John, and uh, and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for talking to us today. 
Great. Hey, thanks for having me here again. I look forward to our next meeting. Right on. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Uh, and do you love going to the drive-in to see a movie? It's been a while. Well, whether you used to go or you've never been, time is running out if you want to experience the classic drive-in movie. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. You know, it's a cliche to say it's the end of an era, but in Langley, it really is the end of an era. The Twilight Drive-In Theater announced just over a week ago that this summer and next summer, will be the last years for their outdoor drive-in movie theater, the last one in Metro Vancouver. It's a cool drive-in, has a retro vibe, can hold up to 100 cars. And if you've never been to a drive-in, you, of course, sit in your car and watch the movie on the big screen. The Twilight said on a Facebook post recently that they're closing because of a 260% increase in property taxes over the last three years. And they made the announcement over a year in advance to give fans plenty of notice so they can experience the drive-in over the next two summers. This weekend, they're playing the new Flash movie and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse as well double bill. The Twilight Drive in Langley is the last theater of its kind left in the Lower Mainland. But back in the day, they were all over the place. One of the first ones in Canada opened in 1946 in Burnaby. It was the Cascade Drive-In on Grandview Highway. It was open until 1982 when it was demolished to make way for a condo complex, which is fittingly called the Cascade Tower. The Cascade was one of the first drive-in movie theaters to open in Canada, but in the U.S., drive-in theaters started pretty much as soon as they had automobiles. There are reports of drive-in theaters popping up as early as the 1910s, but the first patented drive-in movie theater was opened on June 6th, 90 years ago, 1933. It was in New Jersey, appealing to families the owner, Richard Hollingshead, advertised that his drive-in in New Jersey was a place that, quote, the whole family is welcome regardless of how noisy the children are. <laughs> that was in the 1930s. But the big heyday of the drive-in theater was the 1950s. Cars were big. They were roomy and comfortable. Gas was cheap. But by the 70s, though, when the oil crisis hit, the cars got smaller and it wasn't so comfortable to sit in them to watch a movie. Plus, it was the beginning of the bucket seat. The big front bench seat disappeared. So I guess that was part of the appeal of the drive-in. The driver and the passenger could cuddle up, but not so much in a Datsun B210. Uh, interesting thing, though, as the drive-in started to lose revenue, they stopped trying to appeal to families, and many started showing more exploitative stuff, adult films, slasher, horror films. I grew up in Richmond very close to the Delta Drive-In uh, on uh, Number 5 Road near Camby. I remember my friends and I would sneak under the fence and turn all the speakers that weren't being used on, and then we'd go sit in the field and watch whatever was on. And I can tell you, uh, while the movie Swedish Fly Girls might sound kind of exciting, it was not. Very boring. Uh, though I do remember paying to see a Dusk Till Dawn showing of all the Planet of the Apes movies, four or five of them, 
And I'm sure I was asleep midway through Beneath the Planet of the Apes. That's the second one. But the Twilight in Langley is still open this summer and next summer. So if you've never experienced a drive-in movie, I recommend it. And like I say, tonight, the Twilight is showing the double bill of the new Flash movie and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You can go to their website, twilightdrivein.net, for all the showtimes and info on buying tickets. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, are you frustrated by online services like TV streaming channels that make it really easy to sign up? with just a click or two, but then almost impossible to cancel. Suddenly you're searching all over the place for the right thing to click on. Well, the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S. is now hoping to do something about that. I've got that story along with all the other consumer news of the week when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.